Hello and welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. And today with two very special guests from one of our and maybe your favorite podcast. Hey guys, I'm Kristen Chase. I'm Liz Gumbiner and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. On today's episode of Spawned, we'll be talking about parenting and relationships and who knows what else with Jenna and Bodie Elfman. They're the host. I'm jealous of myself. I know. They're the hosts of Kicking and Screaming podcast. It's one of our favorites. Plus like 4 million other things. So you think you can dance and I don't know, Depeche Mode videos. Maybe we'll talk about that. TV, (laughs) movies, the list goes on. So we'll be talking to them. And then as always, we're going to end the show with our cool picks of the week. But let's just jump right in here. I had so much fun reading up about Jenna and Bodie before this, Liz. Did you know they met on a Sprite commercial in 1991. I read that. And as someone who might have even made my own Sprite commercial in 1991 working in advertising, I can assure you I did not meet a husband then. And and as someone who was alive in 1991, I feel like we should just say that. <laughs> That's a big deal. So this is the old parenting podcast is what you're saying. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, they've they've been on a ton of TVs and movies and they have two boys, Story and Easton, and they're the co-hosts of kicking and screaming and you know what we have to say you guys welcome you did this you did this podcasting thing before cereal hello <laughs> yes we did we we've been documenting a, a 26 year murder for <laughs> <laughs> meaning that it, you know that marriage can sometimes just be a slow death well said hun <laughs> wow Thanks, that was good i don't think we've ever heard marriage described as that <laughs> well that should be really helpful for our listeners today who are tuning in to hear how to keep their marriages alive live after having kids. Well, first yeah, of all, so what made you guys decide to start it? What well, you know, why did you guys start kicking and screaming back then? You know, back in the olden days. Yeah, back in the in the black and white days, <laughs> we'd say how long we'd been together and and at that time, this was a few years ago, so it was like 22, 23 years together. And they're like, "Oh my god, especially in Hollywood, like 23 years together, how do you do it?" And we would just say, uh, kicking and screaming, really. <laughs> That's so great. that's how we came I, up with the name. In, in any long marriage, you know, there's a point where you sort of have to re-update the software. You know, like you have to check for updates. <laughs> and we were, at a che- we were at a serious check for updates <laughs> stage of our marriage. <laughs> and by updates, I meant with each other, not checking for updates, not, <laughs> not other updates. I mean, we had to update our software. You have to update ourselves. your own software so that you don't then go out and just start buying new software. Right. We didn't want to, I, we wanted I to reinvest our own here. software. There's a, a very clear <laughs> metaphor for our listeners who might not have had their coffee yet. And I right. just want to say, I'm okay, getting good. it. Okay, good. <laughs> and I, we sort of hit like a really far out stage of the marriage. Where we were like, wow, what's the next chunk going to be like? And how do we go through that and how do we survive that in a way that's still fun and fresh and amazing without, you know, tearing each other's throat out or becoming that couple that just always has that look of annoyance. <laughs> that annoyance, <laughs> annoyance, exhaustion, exasperation. And yeah. And we don't want to be that. The podcast really came out of the love of wanting to keep the game fresh and to keep the love fresh and to do something. And I don't think it was necessarily the podcast that did it. It was the idea of talking about these things that made us laugh that became the outlet and the podcast was just a way to sort of do that. And to throw ourselves in the subject of a long-term relationship under the yeah. bus. Like we just throw it all under the bus. We we celebrate the absurdities of it. And it also just to get communication going on the subject is always kind of helpful. Right. So did you set out thinking this is going to be like a live marriage therapy for us? Or did you think, well, maybe through talking about it to help other listeners that this will somehow help us. You know, that sounds really benevolent. Um, (laughs) We actually have this idea for a TV show that we've been wanting to do. And then I keep taking these primetime network shows, which I again did this year. Um, And so what happened was Bodhi said, let's just do a podcast so we can continue this kind of dialogue and expression and investigation and research into just talking about this subject while you are filming these other shows. And it was never intended to be an entity in and of itself. It was kind of like a research project. And then it started taking off and people were like loving that we were talking so overtly about these subjects. We kind of talk about everything 
everyone's thinking, but sometimes people are. Oh, you guys uh, are blunt. Yeah. For people yeah. who haven't heard it. I mean, I think that's what's so amazing about it is it's really unvarnished and yeah. fun. Marriage is really, really funny to us. I mean, for instance, it's probably not funny. <laughs> th it's not funny for other people, but my wife suffers from the disease. It's called scrolling. And the symptoms are you lay in bed at night and you scroll social media for hours and then you he wake up the next morning. He wishes I was scrolling him. And then, He's just and jealous then, of my phone. And then you wake up the next morning tired and get a late start on podcasts and interviews. So oh, you're the one who couldn't ouch. get the technical together. Why didn't you get started on this early? I had the you technical You always wait together. till the last second and then you go into a flustered panic. Because I was trying like, to keep the kids from waking you up because you had overslept because of your scrolling disease. Well, right. I, yeah, I have heard, disease. and I like this. I mean, Kristen and I are both in um, relationships, though, not with the fathers of our children. Uh -huh. So we are we are newer to this than you, yeah. in a way. And um, one of the things we I... sought out an update. <laughs> <laughs> we sought out updates elsewhere. And it was For good reason. It was a good update. The original software was just failing too often. Yeah, yeah. Consistently. <laughs> yeah. And bugs. one of the things that I read that I thought was really great was part of being in a good relationship is the ability to be alone together. And yeah. I always say to my boyfriend, John, like, it's so great that we can just be side by side in bed scrolling on our phone. He just wishes you not were on top of him, apart. though. That's all. Like, that's you think it's great. And he's laying there going, uh-huh, whatever. <laughs> oh, no, he's a he's a master scroller, too. <laughs> <laughs> he master Wait, scrolls. We're talking about this scrolling. I feel like there's a there's a euphemism here that we're missing. <laughs> there's a euphemism. In so you've caught him master scrolling consistently, right? He's a consistent master scroller. My wife is a consistent master in the, scroller. In the nightstand table, you know, to help him with his scrolling yeah. issues when I can't be there. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. You guys got me it. going. My, My wife goodness. was master scrolling all night long. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just curious what the response has been. I mean, obviously, you guys started it as a podcast. Now it's video. So yeah. it must be catching on. But, you know, what are people saying to you? Because you guys lay it all out there. And I know, you know, we've both in our own ways done that with our blogs, yeah. you know, previously, Motherhood Uncensored, Mom 101. Yep. But putting relationships out there, I think that's really hard. So what's been the response from listeners or, you know, former listeners or hopefully new <laughs> listeners? People, we get... We get a lot of like hashtag relationship goals. And I think oh. people really dig that we're talking about it. And a lot of people say, I could never talk to my partner that way, but we're so glad you are because it needs to be said. Or they're like, oh my God, you're totally saying everything that is going on with us. And, or they say, oh my God, okay, so it's not, mine's not bad. It's just, this is what happens sometimes. Yeah, or, we get and, a lot of comments from people that and then sometimes are stoked they, to hear Like, oh, it. we feel so much better about our relationship. Now, after watching you guys, like, we have people say that they feel better about parenting after listening to us. Yes. <laughs> Occasionally, we get the person that says, like, how can you do that? Like, what if your kids listen to it? Because we talk so graphically, not graphically, but we're, you know, we're yeah, very, but we're hard. We're very blunt, as you said. And I guess my view on that is like, listen, if our kids want to listen to that when they're, they're young adults, it. then they can. But I don't see why they'd want to. They're but not going to want to like watch. <laughs> I think it would just gross them stuff. out, and they'd rather do other things. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I just listened to your last episode where I think you set a new world's record for using the word asshole, asshole. in 31 minutes. Yeah. And yeah. So I actually was. I'm waiting for one of our fans to actually count the number of times and to tweet at us that number. Now I have a question for you guys. <laughs> Yeah. Do you guys have experiences with other asshole kids? Is this, or is it, was it just us? <laughs> you know, like, were we just on a rant or is this, this is something that happens, right? Where you kind of like are taken aback by the degree of. Assholity. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. I have been very public about that. I don't generally love other people's children. Liz is aside. They call me their, their, they actually call me their other mom. What do they? No, they say they, it was her birthday recently and they wrote on her card. We still like you better than mom. Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they, yeah. So, I, you know, there are a few children of other people's that I like. And so I can definitely relate, especially now that it's pool season. I feel like pool and playground yeah. season are the worst when it comes to other people's children. And, yep. you know, not that my children are perfect. Well, I mean, they kind of are. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> no, of course they I are. feel like the pool and the playground are like bring out the worst. I, I don't know if you guys have the same experience. Liz, what about you? Have you, what, have you been exposed to these children? Um, I Yeah, I tend not to call them assholes because I once got so schooled by a reader on my blog that I was terrified to ever do it again. 
But this was our first time ever like, doing so. It was really great to come out of the closet time. with this. Well, you'll have it some was, fun comments then. <laughs> but it was like, but we're not calling other people's kids assholes. We're talking about that one kid. That's right. Every yes. now and again, that truly is an asshole that grows up to be the bully <laughs> asshole. Because see, in our house, I feel very justified. I don't think Donald Trump was like the nice kid. Right. It, <laughs> I just don't think he like brought cookies it, for the class. You know, I just he I don't see it. Yeah, he was the guy that this was about. Now, see, because in our house, we're we're the house that has all the kids. Like all the kids, we love kids. Like they're always here. There's always. Do you the, have the cool house like with the yeah. good snacks? Totally big pantry. I'm I'm yeah, Jewish, so I'm snacks. always making sure that the pantry's stocked and all the kids are fed. I'm walking around sticking, you know, cheese sticks in their hands, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> like a but, good parent. Like yeah, I'm a I'm a Jewish grandmother. So I love kids, and Jenna, we both love. I that. love kids. This too. was specifically about specific asshole kids, and it was having to do with a sporting event where we were being taunted by an asshole kid. So it's not that we really do like kids. It's the general. It's the one specific. It's those ones, and anomaly. then you're sitting there going, "Did their mom just see what happened?" Right, and and that's totally fine with her. Like, or is she not paying any attention? And that's why he's an asshole because she's not paying any attention, and isn't teaching him like common decent manners like yeah intersocial sort of little tiny manners asshole kids spawned by asshole parent <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it seems like one of the things that can keep your relationship together is your ability to both <laughs> disparage the horrible kids around you together. it was our first time ever and it felt so good <laughs> you know we yeah no we we're always like including kids come over you know we love it it's just those those one you know it's the same in the workplace you have the the majority of people are social and wonderful yeah. or decent and willing and then there's that one person at work that makes trouble for everybody but aren't it's there the some kid kids who might be that. good kids but just behave badly at times or do you yes. think that deep down there's some horrible about. kids no no that we said that but every kid because we said in the podcast every kid every adult everyone has their moments of being an asshole but these are like the chronic ones yeah specialized <laughs> yeah, specialized kids uh, yeah maybe this uh, is a crazy town they little. exist everywhere i've encountered them i mean they're uh, rare in, in, but they and happen. i'm in philadelphia so there are there are there are all sorts around here i feel like it must be harder for you guys because no one knows who i am so i feel perfectly fine just saying you know what that wasn't very nice like i don't want you to play with my children or talk to me really anymore <laughs> <laughs> and no one will be like on the news the next day saying how i said something mean to them but i feel like it's got to be harder for you guys oh, yeah. like do you do guys just like grin and bear it and then put it on on your podcast jenna, jenna has to deal with that a lot where she has to like have her in public the the the, the part i try about, and do say it though yes but i say it nicely i try to do like yeah i think you hey, can but, say it nicely. Like, i try to treat i try to do the golden rule on it so like you know i and because it's fine with me if someone were to say that to my kid like i'll treat kids the way it would be acceptable for others to treat my kids so if my kid was being like a jerk it's okay for me for another parent to kindly educate them that that's not needed or wanted here. And here's what you can do instead. Like, that's fine with me. My kids don't act like that in public, so that's cool. But I would say, hey, here's the thing. It's better if you don't do that because here's why. And so I'll, tr I'll give them like a nice warning. And then if they continue, I'll be like, okay, here's the thing. You're going to have to leave if you do that one more time. And then they go, oh, okay. But I, I try to. She's very. Nicely. Jen is very. I think, nice. that's, I think that's fair. Yeah. I, I, the, I think the spawn, the spawn crew gives you guys a thumbs up for that approach. <laughs> we'll and take it. Seems it. Like, we are the experts. And it seems like you guys agree <laughs> on this, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. How yeah. do you guys deal with disagreements over parenting tactics or decisions? Like, what are the things you guys don't agree about? Dude, you nailed it. Sometimes the biggest fights we get into are the little stupid things about the handling of a kid situation or a parent situation, where the way one of us wants to do it is different than the way the other one wants to do it and it's so silly or so stupid but it makes the biggest fight sometimes and what we try to do is kind of like all right who has the conch like who's taking is it conch or conch i got corrected it's conch oh okay. right you conch, guys it's yeah conch. like uh lord of the flies yeah right lord of the flies who has the conch you have the conch you're in control you run you run the campfire and i think we try to make decisions where we go all right jenna you know what uh, you take the conch on this one i'm out of here and then when we do that we do fine when, when we, we both, both try to, to hold the conch at the same time, it's yeah. just no. It's the same thing with like driving. Like oh, we have a God. rule: whoever's driving has the conch. Right. <laughs> Does that include like the music control or just everything in general? You, music is never a problem. It's routes because LA is so horrible and with traffic. How you're using your foot on the gas and brake pedal. I think you don't realize that when you're Did in you the, the passenger pointing? seat, it's <laughs> going to naturally. We're going to test your disagreements right here live on Spawn. <laughs> Here's the thing. 
when you're in a passenger seat, it always feels worse, right? You guys? want you to know extra juicy right now. It's because you're justifying because there's something guilty underneath. No. You're, you're extra juicy right <laughs> no. now. You're, you're, I love you're it. getting right. ready. You're not right. No, you're getting there's, juiced there's up. There's faulty software with the podcast right So now. besides like <laughs> deciding whether you should take the 10 or the surface roads, right. what are your big parenting disagreements? Do you have any major ones or ones you've really had to work through? Oh, sure. Yes. Good question. Uh, I feel like he will let them onto the screens more than I desire. Ah, yeah. You're the scroller. Yeah, watching. And like, you're the scroller. Like, I don't That's want... right, scroller. Continue, scroller. Talk about your ideas. <laughs> scroller. Who, really, who's scrolling? Scroller. Come on. He goes like scroller. this. Hey, did you see my tweet today? Hey, did you see my Instagram today? Hey, did you see that tweet? I'm like, I don't Not read people's Celebrities, they're just Instagrams. like us. <laughs> but I post my stuff and then I'm off. I don't have time to I get in bed at night. That's that what I you do. You just outed me on that was crueler than I can possibly tell you. Well, I do have to say that I follow you guys both on Twitter. I followed Jenna for a while. And yeah. I have noticed, Jenna, that you do post in spurts. So, mm-hmm. And I don't follow a lot of people. This is why I know people. I'm not on Jenna's Twitter feed 24-7. Yeah, but I good. do notice that you post in twerts. And I, I yeah, I can't even say it. Post in twerts. That's, like a, that's a new word. She posts in squirts. Yeah, right? So you post in spurts. <laughs> but what happens, though? So what, Bodie, you let the kids do whatever. Jenna, do you use, like, a marble jar? Do you have, like, a strict system about screen time? Our general rule is no iPads except when we're flying or the rare occasion. Like, we don't even do iPads because our kids do start acting like little jerks if they've been on the iPad. I don't know what it is, the difference between an iPad and watching a movie. I mean, clearly I know the difference, but it really does affect them differently. And how old are your kids now? Six and eight. Mm. Two boys. We hear that from a lot of parents, actually. Yeah. I mean, um, two friends of ours decided, and I did it too, where we just cut it out during the week. And it took a little while for them to wean off that. And then they were fine. You know, Liz and I are both all for like family media where we sit and watch a movie or sit and watch a show. My kids make fun of me because I'll say, no screens. We're watching a movie. Yeah, (laughs) I'm the same as you. That's what I love. I love to watch great, like Frank Sinatra dance, Fred Astaire, like great films that have theatrics and music and dancing and humor and comedy. I'm okay with the kids sitting down to watch a great movie. Okay, but to the mechanics of it, though, of enforcement, I try to have it be Friday nights only and a little on the weekends is okay to watch a movie, not zone out in front of a channel, but like a movie, but not during the week at all. So I try to have that as a rule. And my whole thing is consistency. Like I'm like, they need to have consistency. They need to have prediction and estimation. And then he's just like, come home and they're on their, like watching something on their iPad while they're having a snack. And I'm like, it's Tuesday. This is not (laughs) how it's supposed to go. And he's like, I don't know. I I want you guys to know something. My wife is so full of shit right now. I can't even hear it. <laughs> She's so utterly oh, full of shit. But man. I like that we let her tell her stories. It's important. Let her tell her stories. Let her have her truth that's true for her. But I don't it was, know. She's I don't know. I'm going to go with Jen on this one. No, don't go with Jen on this one. I'm telling you, she does the same <laughs> things that I do. But she just, but she's well, outing me right now. I think it's hard for all of us. Because, you know, there's some things that we can hearken back to our own childhoods, right? We can yeah. say, well, when I was a kid, I did this in the summer. When I was a kid, my parents gave me this rule about TV. But I think right. with small screens and social media and tablets, it's a whole new world. Like, we're it's all making it up hard. as we go along. And I can see that this would be a real source of contention with a lot of couples because we don't have any of our own um, rules from childhood to lean back on. Oh, dude, and you, you nailed it. Totally have true. To, if you're going to make those rules on the screen time and your phone or whatever for your kids, you have to not be a hypocrite about it. Oh, and I'm, I definitely would admit so I'm true. a hypocrite with it. Yeah, you're totally on your phone agree with a you. lot, honey. I think we all are. I mean, I think that's that's one thing we hear a lot um, from our readers at Cool Mom Tech is that, you know, we that the hardest thing is to set a good example for your kids when it comes to screen time and to say, like, no phones at the table while we're pulling out our phones to check something. Uh-huh, totally. It's, uh, she thinks I'm really bad with it, and maybe I am. Maybe I don't realize how much I'm on my phone. I think but it's you one don't things... realize. Maybe I'm just going to – I'll just take pictures of you every time you're on your phone, and then you take pictures of me, and then we'll just shove it in each other's face. Oh, my and God. That's going to be so much fun. I'm going to love that. That'll create a lot of harmony. That's going to be amazing. I'm I already know. happy you just about need it. A hashtag I know to make us get it. along really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, hashtag every divorce. time, every yeah, you guys need to create some sort of hashtag for these photos of like, look, Bodie's on his phone. Hashtag. That's not the greatest one. <laughs> yeah, it's a hashtag like, at the beginning. It. So, too. what about <laughs> other activities for your kids that they're interested in besides, you know, iPads? 
You know, do you guys discuss what you want them to do? Does it come from them? How do you decide, like, what activities and what interests your kids are going to pursue? Well, we always consult their willingness. That's something that we find that's really important. Because, like, let's say you want your kid to do a musical instrument or something. To me, it's a golden rule thing. Would you want someone forcing you to do something? So it's it's a fine line between teaching them a discipline and consulting their willingness. So, like, what I do is I'll watch their natural inclination or what their interests, but I also expose them to things. And then I see if there's like a spark of interest there. And then I'd suggest like, well, would you like to take drum lessons or would you like to take violin or would you like to? And they say, yeah, yeah, I think I would, you know, and then we'll do a couple and then I'll see their interest. And and then once I see that they are engaged or whatever, then I'll encourage the consistency on it. You know, you could just kind of vibe it out. I don't know. I just can see if they're like, it was a temporary fling of interest for them or if it's something they can really engage on. So like Story takes drum lessons every week, and he's he really all the oh, time. Oh, you are very nice parents. Yeah. Rhythms. Oh my gosh. And you, then he still wants like... to take violin, so he's doing <laughs> violin. And I think the way into this one for me, and I'll and I'm curious to what you guys think and what you guys do. One of the things I do is I just lead by example. I love to hike. I love to play baseball. I'm very active in sports, so I do the things that I like to do. I bring them. I get them involved. If they don't want to do it, I don't make them. But eventually, they see me having fun doing it, and then they get involved. And that's how it's been with everything. We do a lot of hiking and things like that. And it started with me just doing big hikes and going to Yosemite and they just got into it. And now they're really into that. And same with baseball and same with other I things. I think it's not only great to model different you know, activities for kids, but also to show that it's important for you as a parent and an adult that you have your own interests outside of work and outside of, you know, maybe your relationship, too. Yeah. It's like I have a thing that I love. I think, you know, especially for women to model that, but also for dads, too. I'm actually a violinist and I was a dancer and I'm tall. Jenna, I feel like we're like soul sisters totally. in a way because like a tall dancer, it's hard to find. But I'm taking ball room dancing lessons again. Awesome. And my kids were all like, why do you have those dance shoes? What are you doing? And in a way, I kind of felt sad that they didn't know that I was a ballet dancer for pretty much most of my life because I spend so much time working and running after I them. I think it's because you spend all your time doing just dance with my kids instead of your own. <laughs> that's <laughs> Everybody around here knows it. <laughs> but I think that's great. I mean, I think, you know, look, LeVar Burton said one of the best ways to get your kids to read is to read yourself. Yeah. Just let them see you reading a book or an ebook if we dare. But how about when it comes to like more organized activities? Where do you guys stand on letting kids drop out? Do they have to finish it until the end? I know this is like a really controversial oh, topic. You know what no, my mom question. said to me, and I love this lesson and it always stayed with me because I'm a classically trained dancer. I was going to go into a professional ballet company. I danced on the Academy Awards and TV and film. I was a professional dancer. So I was going regularly. I wanted to. And I was doing that dedicatedly six days a week for like 17 years. Wow. But there'd be times where during puberty or whatever, my hormone, I would just like burn out or kids being annoying and girls being, you know, I would have losses or exhaustion or, you know, just be tired. And I just like couldn't rally at all. And she said, okay, well, I'll let you take today off, but tomorrow you should probably go back. And we'll, we'll go tomorrow, but you, you can take today off if you really, really don't want to. But you have to go tomorrow. And I was like, okay. And so then the next day, if I was like, Mom, I don't want to do ballet anymore. I don't want to dance anymore. She'd say, okay, here's this. Let's take a week off. You could take the whole week off. Oh, that's good. But after that, you should go back. Because there's so many stories you hear of people going, why did my mom let me quit ballet? Right. Why did my mom let me quit karate? I'm so bummed she let me quit. You hear this all the time. I think we can't win either way. I think either you're like mad that your parents pushed you to do something that traumatized you for life, or you're mad that they let you quit and that yeah. traumatized you I want you to for meet life. someone. I want to meet one person. Well, actually, Jen, it sounds like you, your mom, killed it with that. But like, I, think she did. I want to meet one other person who was like, my parents got me in this activity and they encouraged me and and I feel great and I have lots of extra money to spend since I'm not spending it on therapy. Gwyneth right. Paltrow. Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow is the people? only one I can think of. I think that there's always a workability and I don't think that one rule applies to every single human being. So I think there's like a scope to play within. You know what I mean? Like all the way one way and forced reality is too much. All the way the other side of inhibiting is not good either. And I think there's a, a nice beautiful gray area in between where you got to work with the person in front of you and like give gradients of choices, you know? And I think that's kind of where you, the consulting, their willingness comes into but play. But you guys are on something that is important and it is sometimes frustrating. Our oldest son is a natural athlete and yet he's, he only does a few sports. 
he used to take gymnastics and he's a spectacular gymnast, but then stopped and has no interest in it. And it breaks my heart and I can't push him to do it because it'll, it just will go the other way. So it's true. It's a hard area to deal with in there. I'm always trying to think of ways to get him back involved in it because I know when he grows up, those abilities of balance and knowingness and sense of where your body is is important in any art you do. It doesn't matter if it's painting or acting. Just that sense of motion and knowing where you are is extraordinary. But he was like interested in parkour. So it's like maybe not gymnastics, but parkour interests right. him. Yeah. Or, you know, well, other We do lots of parkour of around here. You guys are into parkour uh, too? Jenna, all the time in the home. <laughs> yes, our house. Uh, yes, yes. They, parkour. They use in, even use my body as part of their parkour <laughs> environment. I, I'm just going to call like when toddlers climb on me. I'm just going to be like, she's learning parkour. <laughs> That's what this said. Hashtag spin. <laughs> it's really important to encourage. Yeah. But all right. So listen, you guys, we have tons of listeners who are new parents, which yeah. is amazing uh-huh. to us since our kids are, are, I mean, I've got someone turning 12 <gasps> in a couple months, Liz, and someone turning 11. But what do you say to new parents, especially when it comes to relationship? I feel like that is one of the most challenging times in a relationship. You know, what do you say to new parents <laughs> so they don't we strangle each other? It's so we, hard then. We, we have, have very important we advice we that have we two, say. two pieces of advice. The first one is... Don't get divorced in the first three years, even though you're going to want to get divorced every 25 minutes. Just (laughs) stick it out for the first three years because you're just tired. That's all it is. That's so funny that you say that. I was talking to my good friend and she said we would get in these knock them down, drag them out fights at like two in the morning. And she's like, it's amazing. We just kind of stuck it out because we wanted to get divorced so much. And you're both so tired. That's all it is. And exhausted. You just don't have the energy for a lawsuit at that point. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And you're spending so much on diapers. We knew a lot of friends that all got divorced before their kid was three. It happened because my wife and I, when we had kids, a ton of our friends had kids at the same time. And like 50 percent of them didn't make it and were positive if they had just gone past the age of three they would have been fine well i have to say though this might be predicated on knowing you have a strong relationship before kids because i will admit i i did not and so i don't think that the kids saved the marriage or made it any better and even though we stuck it out for a good long time afterwards looking back i don't think it ever was going to last so i wonder to what degree a relationship changes or whether it just brings out whatever awfulness may have been there already yeah well regardless you can't make a good assessment of the situation if you're exhausted that's true so regardless of if it really wasn't meant to be or you it wasn't a good match or maybe it's the best match but there's certain things that need to change there's no way you can make a comp assessment of it if you're exhausted. So our whole thing was like, we'd not spend money on other things. We'd spend money on having babysitters come early several days a week so we could sleep in just so that we could keep our sanity yeah. and be good parents and keep the marriage good because the marriage or the relationship came first. And that's the foundation of children. And so if the foundation starts to crack, then everything starts to shatter. And so we just found, we made a little policy for ourselves to like, make sure we keep our sleep good and make sure that we spend time together without children for two things. One pleasure, like go have fun together, go do things together, go to a movie. And two, we don't like, bring up issues or talk it out in front of the kids or fight in front of the kids. Like we'll have disagreements, but we don't get into issues. We go, we get a coffee, we go take a drive, we park at a park or an outlook where there's a nice view and we talk about our stuff there or when the kids are at school or whatever. Actually, let me ask you about the fighting in front of kids because it's yeah. it's interesting. My boyfriend and I, who are, you know, kind of blending a family, and so we have interesting situation. Yeah. And um, we get along great. We really don't fight. But every so often we have disagreements, and I found it's actually been good for our kids to see that sometimes we can disagree and that we come to resolution together and we move on and we still love each other. I think that's spectacular. That's I love totally that. totally setting a good example for your kids. I love that. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about the very same thing just two days ago that I wanted our kids to start seeing Jenna and I have discussions about things in front of them so they can, because sometimes they have a hard time getting along with each other. Yeah, Yeah, I think conflict resolution is a great thing to model for your kids. Totally. So I was, it's amazing that you said that because two days ago I was like, I really want our two boys to actually watch Jenna and I work out something together so they can kind of see the idea of acknowledgement, listening to the other person, letting the other person finish what they're saying. And so I think you nailed it with that. It's just the the hairy oh, yeah. ones, you know, because what the reason we made that policy is because without fail, every time oh, yeah. if we argued in front of the kids, they woke up with a cold the next, oh, next day. Wow. Without fail, like without fail, date coincident, 
every single time. Yeah. And we went, this is not worth it. It's just you not worth it. You can't get a stronger signal that maybe you need to try things a different way, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The big fights are away from them. And then the discussions, you're, as you said, it's perfect. Well, I think it also gives you the ability to say to your kids, look, we're disagreeing. That's not a fight. Because sometimes my kids are so sensitive. Right. They'll say, don't fight. We're like, we're, we're not fighting. We're just disagreeing whether we go yeah. around the traffic circle to the right or the left. Yeah. I think <laughs> it all depends on if the discussion is something that seems destabilizing for the kids or not. Because kids are solely dependent on the stability of the parents for their orientation and safety in life. And if the unit that is their security from their point of view is becoming unstable from their point of view, that's when they get sick or upset or whatever. So there could be disagreements as long as the, the disagreements are happening in a way that still expresses stability. I think that's a great security. differentiation point. I think that's really smart. And please, this whole idea that you, you know, I think of like Chrissy Teigen and John Legend, like getting just raked over the coals for going out after they had their baby like oh no I, I mean God. I just it's so ridiculous, ridiculous to me but you know I, I a friend of mine sister just had a baby and she has a postpartum doula and I'm like that is the most brilliant thing yeah. to ever invest your money in to have someone there so that you can have a life you know and by a life I mean like breathe for two minutes before you have to change another diaper or feed your baby you know but it's those moments it's those like extra hours like you guys said that can make or break a relationship yes. and like parenting yeah if you're tired and upset it, the kid is gonna feel that you know if you're like just raked over the coals you're not gonna be a healthy parent I think some people think that when people have some help come in every now and then or whatever, or, or great if you have family that you love having around that can help even better, that you're not bonding with your child or like, uh, that's not it. Like a few hours away from your kid twice a week is not not bonding it's healthy. It's okay. You know what I mean? If you can sort of swing it or once a week or every once every two weeks or once we a month. Weekly date night for Jen and I is really important. We really try to keep it. I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because I think there's so much mom guilt in particular when it comes to, quote, leaving your kids. Totally. Like even the term leaving your kids. It sounds like you're doing something to them. Yeah. And, um, you know, since my kids have been super young, my mom has been amazing enough to come every single Friday and spend the afternoon with them or the night with them, pick them up after school take them overnight That's awesome. and not only hasn't it given me time either with friends or my boyfriend but it's also given the kids you know the ability to see that they're okay with other people and they can travel well and they're great with grandma and yep. and actually I think it's all worked out but I remember in the beginning people giving me a hard time and thinking that it was somehow you know shirking my responsibility as a martyr to be with them 24-7 yeah that martyr thing's rough boy I that hits you. Jenna yeah. sometimes and I have to drag her out of the house because she'll be no I can't I haven't been with them enough this week. It's been a busy week. And sometimes I'll agree with her. I go, okay, I can see they really need their mom. And sometimes I'll say, no, 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 we need to have this. We got to keep us, you know, us first, because that's how everything else comes from that. So uh, sometimes I'll force her out of the house for a date night. And then see, and then she's a good partner. I like to think about the future and I like to think about my own memories of my childhood and that I don't remember the one night in that random week in the month of May when my mom decided to stay instead of go out you on You just brought night. it up, so though. We're in the month of May, <laughs> I'm, I, I completely made that up. I'm just a really good actress, Liz. I just, it's but my secret talent. I love talent. that you said that because I don't remember. I, I was raised by my mom, and it was uh, she often was out working and had several jobs, and so I was by myself and with my friends a lot. I almost never had time with her, and I didn't see my dad at all. And those things never really bothered me. What bothered me more were the few times where I saw my mom upset or cry because her life was kind of rough. So you're right. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind the times that she was out working or doing things. I minded the times, and I still remember the times that she was very upset. So that's a great point in that keeping yourself together for your kids is a really important thing. And I think also just going back to this idea for new parents that, you know, when your kids are really little, they need you less emotionally, really. And like you yeah. said, you know, you see more now when your kids miss Jenna or they feel like they've had a rough week or they need more attention from you guys as parents. And I think sometimes as, you know, very new moms, very new parents, we we think that that's when our kids need us most, their babies. Yeah. But as they get older and older, you realize, 
because it's when they're like five, seven, ten that they really miss you. I was like, damn, I should have gone out way more <laughs> when they were just sitting there like blobs. Here's something that I think, though, that is it's a slight disagreement of what you said. But OK, but there's a, a balance there. I was with my kids a lot in their first three years. A lot. I was also away. So it does, I'm not saying it's okay when they're young to be away more because they don't notice or something. Because what I found is because I was with them so much and we created this amazing bond those first few years because I was really there mm-hmm. a lot. I feel, and it's actually not in disagreement with what you said. It's just in disagreement if someone takes no, it I can handle it, Donna. You can disagree with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel, it. and I think about this a lot, Because I created this beautiful friendship with my kids and this amazing bond with them, it actually permits me to go away a little bit more now because there is this beautiful foundation there. And they definitely need me now and more and less, and they're more comfortable going off with their friends or whatever, because I find they're okay with me coming and going more now than they were when they were young because their own world has expanded into friends and other people and stuff. And I actually feel like they need it more when the, in those first few years because that is like the first orientation. As children, they're needy more because they're learning, because they're new into this world. And also that friendship is so strong with us. To try and get it in as they're getting older, I think is a little too late. I think the bond and trust those first several years is crucial that to then create a jumping off point. But that's that's just how it's been feeling for me as a mom. I had a very like interesting that. experience because um, I think I would have been a horrible dad naturally because I didn't have anything to use as an, as like an example as a boy. But right when Jenna had the first kid and then the second kid shortly after, she got really, really busy with a bunch of work and several films and TV shows. And so I was traveling with her and the kids. I actually really found it a blessing that this happened because my natural inclination probably would have been to not be there as much. And I have a lot of friends that are dads that aren't there. But I actually became super dad by default because I had to because she was working and And I was just having my kids with me all the time at work and so I was the one that was sort of doing the daily life you know the 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 day-to-day stuff with them and it I think it was the most important thing that's ever happened to me in my life was that oh that I'm for them too I got you know for you and them like yay paternity leave right like let's get that happening we need more of that I mean come on because you're I I totally agree with you my two boys are my life yeah and that was because of what how that came to be. So we just want to ask you one more question. Yeah. Um, can you guys think of one big parenting fail that you can laugh about now? Just one? You know, I think a lot of people think like, <laughs> you know, you guys are famous. You have the life. Everything's awesome. Like, what's one thing that you're like, oh, we could have done that so much better. And now you can laugh about uh, it. And it didn't really ruin anyone's life. What if life. there's a few parenting fails, but we're not laughing about I'm it? I'm not laughing at my parenting <laughs> fails yet. I really am trying and they still kill me. Like, I just, they break my heart, my parenting <laughs> fails. I think, Aww. I mean, I'll share it with you. It's super personal, but I feel like... You know, being too hard on them in terms of making them feel so bad for things that they did wrong because I couldn't believe they were doing them. It's like I got too serious about things they would do wrong and then condemn them in a way that was way too harsh because in my estimation, what they were doing was so bad or whatever, like how, you know, the older brother would treat the younger brother when he was young. It it was like Mm. really pushing my buttons. And I was like, how could you do this to him? Like, that's a tough one. Siblings, that's tough. And I really like, (laughs) I was like way too hard instead of going, this is a little kid's version of trying to solve a problem that he doesn't have a tool for yet, you know? Uh, and now I've come to understand what he was doing and because I've now had time to watch him evolve and those things just fall out. They just go away. They evaporate. I think that's actually really great and that's very helpful for a lot of listeners who, you know, we beat ourselves yeah. up a lot as parents yeah. and we're doing everything wrong according to our own misguided selves. And I think it's good that you have the perspective to look back and think that maybe your reaction was disproportionate to the behavior and that, you know, but look, you've grown up to have a great relationship with your kids. Yes. So it couldn't have been all bad. No, I know. (laughs) And I've definitely like done my part to take responsibility to let him know that what I did wasn't okay. It wasn't, I didn't need to behave that way and tell him what I should have done and apologize and make up the damage and like let him know that I saw that what I did was wrong and not just apologize, but take actions to show that I'm changed and just to treat him with the respect 
as a human being, you know what I mean? I have to say something here. First of all, I'm the luckiest guy in the world because I have, like, the coolest wife in the world. But also, my, J Jenna's really, she's a spectacular mom. And I want to say, it, you guys. It's, it's, <laughs> if I could distill the, the, there's so many things she does amazing as a mom. But there's one thing that she does that I've observed that is maybe not something I see every day because I'm with the kids at other sporting events or other group activities or school. And I see a lot of moms around their kids. And there's one thing that Jenna does that blows my mind that is a very special thing. And I'm sure there's a million moms out there like this as well. But it's, it's something that I value a lot. She treats her kids kindly. And, it, and I think that's not a thing to brush aside because you can get frustrated and no what are you doing or eat this or that's not what I said to do and it becomes this kind of shrill continual parent moment mm. my wife is really good about treating them the way she would want to be treated and talking to them like a friend rather than a parent and I'm blown away it it she educated me about that and unintentionally just by her example and I found it's the best thing we have really amazing boys and I'm sure it's because she treats them so kindly and with such grace that they've grown up to be very graceful boys. They're they're kind to people. They treat other. They're the kids that other that all the other parents want over at their house because of how they treat everyone. And I know that's from Jenna's example. And so you know, no one is bitching about your kids on a podcast, <laughs> right? And that's something that is something to say right there. No one is over there saying that. Well, about I think your it's kids. also it sounds like that that's not mutually exclusive from discipline. It sounds like you know when to call up behavior, but that's not sure. Um, Separate from treating them with kindness. Right. Yes. I, and I get cranky. Like, you know, I totally what? get cranky. Parents don't get cranky. They're boys and they don't listen to when I speak to them. We had a whole funny thing last night. I'd ask them a question or say, hey, guys, so we're going to be leaving because we were going over to Catherine Connors. <gasps> Our mutual night. friend, Catherine Connors. And Connors. I was like, yeah, her bad mother. Uh, I'm not saying she's a bad mother. That's her, <laughs> that's her blog, her bad that's, mother. That's her blog. <laughs> that's her blog. Uh, and I was like, okay, guys, so we're going to be leaving in like 10 minutes, okay? We're going over to see Amelia and Jasper and Catherine and Kyle, okay? No answer. So, guys, I need you to go brush your teeth. You're going to have to get your socks on, okay? We're leaving now in five minutes. I told you 10 minutes ago, okay? No answer. You guys, come on. Like, and then I start losing it. And then they turn and go, I said, okay. I'm like, well, what are you, like, whispering it to yourself? Like, Jenna, we have the same children. And then, <laughs> That's yes, my daughter. And I'm like, I think it's boys. Yeah, we, I've, I don't know what you're talking about. This is a very unfamiliar <laughs> so situation bad. of which you speak. What? I always tell my daughter to put her socks on, and she does it the first time and not the 14th when we're already late for school. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking and about. So, Look, the big difference, I think, is that, you know, when it comes to calling our kids out or, yeah, we're cranky and frustrated and all that stuff is that we show that we're human, yeah. right? And we apologize and we say, you know what? I didn't make a good decision when you were doing that. I mean, that's that's just kind of my litmus test is like, am I being, am I showing them that I'm a human, that I'm not perfect? And you know what? Sometimes I've blamed them for stuff and it wasn't their fault. And I always try to make it right. Yeah. Exactly. And I hope that they learn from that example. And I feel like it's working. <laughs> I, I hope it's working. I can attest to that. You have great kids. Thank that's you. beautiful. Yeah, that's amazing. All four of them that you know of. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. awesome. Oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we got to Catherine's house and, and Story, my eight-year-old. I'd say something, and he'd go, okay, Mama. And I fell off the chair because I told him I will fall off the chair if someone actually gives me an acknowledgement that I've spoken. <laughs> and so he decided to like give me acknowledgements by the time we got to Catherine and Kyle's house. And I said, um, hey, can you help? You know, let's get the plates and stuff. OK, mama. And I so that I did. I fell off the chair and made a whole humorous comedic Pratt display fall. of a pratfall. And he looked under the table and he was smiling. And I'm like, somebody acknowledged me. Oh, my God. And then I got back on the Sometimes chair. Sometimes having awesome comedic parents has its benefits. Humor is important. Yeah, I think humor oh. is our lifesaver. Yeah. And even with the kids, keeping humor about things, they'll then be more willing to help out or participate if we sort of convey things in a humorous way. And so that was really great. Humor is everything. Like one to, uh, with my oldest as being a, a whiner, and I've only done this once, and it was all I ever needed to do. I videotaped him whining and played it back for him. <gasps> oh, and we all wow. laughed about it for 20 minutes. <laughs> And it, it was, he laughed for That's 20 like minutes. That's like the modern tear jar, isn't it? Yeah. Brittle. And that was it. That was it for him. Because <laughs> every time he, he saw that image of himself back again, and he won't do that oh anymore. Oh, my gosh. Technology. <laughs> There's a moment to do that. There's a moment not to do that. Yeah, it you wasn't know, you, a full you, breakdown. If you, it's a valid whining or a valid moment where they need help, cool. But yeah. if they're just doing that thing. Yeah. It can't be on a full breakdown. That would not be fun. And it won't be on your Instagram feed anytime soon, I assume. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs>
Well, this was such a great conversation. I'm sure it's helping so many of our listeners. We're so glad to talk to you both. You guys are really fun. And okay. now, so listen, we're going to do our cool picks of the week. So we'll hope yes. you stick around for a couple more minutes because we want to yes. hear yours. But we want people to be able to find you. I'm sure they, they probably already know where you are. But just in case, you can find Jenna. She's at Jenna Elfman, at Bodie Elfman. They're both on Twitter. And do you guys use the hashtag kicking and screaming for your podcast? Or do you we use, do. use a different and one? Okay. We do use the hashtag kicking and screaming for our podcast. And our podcast on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook is at Kicking Elfman. Kicking Elfman. Kicking Elfman. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And of course, if you want to find us, we're Cool Mom Picks with the hashtag Spawn Show. And you can drop us an email if you have questions for these guys or for us, or you just want to say hello or tell us how many times Jenna and Bodie said asshole in their last <laughs> podcast. Oh, email oh us. Spawned at coolmompicks.com. All right. Well, now it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. And uh, should our guests go first? You guys want to go first with your cool I pick can't of wait. the week? Oh, my wife has a good one. Oh, well, yeah. You know, it. it's my pick of the week, but I think I'm super late to this party. So it's like going, hey, you guys, do you know about the, <laughs> do you know about the internet? <laughs> AOL.com. Okay, and, and it's amazing. My you can write letters MySpace. It's amazing. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be that a little bit, but it's an app that I i have now obsessed with. We love apps. Yay. Is Poshmark. You guys know all about this, I do. Right? But, but you know what? I bet a lot of our listeners don't. Go for it. Why do you love it? Okay, so it's an app where you can super easily sell clothes from your closet. Ooh. And it's like an Instagram type feed, but it, it's more than that. So you post pictures, like you just, boom, right in the app. You take your pictures, you describe it, say what the original price was, what you want it for, and hit sell, and it posts to you have your closet. So your page is like your closet with all these items, and then other people make you offers and buy it, and then you just send it off. The Poshmark emails you this, like, postage paid, you know, um, what do you call it? Uh, you know, a postage thing <laughs> that you print out. Envelope. And you get envelope. the package and you just send it <laughs> envelope. off. Envelope. That's what they call them now. No, they call it's them not envelopes. an envelope. It's the paid package. No, but that's okay. Something with postage uh, on it that the makes sticker, your the postage. Easier. It's the postage sticker. So it's all paid for. And you can just sell stuff from your closet. And I have so much. I'm doing like a major clean out right now, but I do not use my real name. Because I don't want to get into You're that. You're going to have to give Kristen because she's the only one I know that is like tall and thin enough to wear your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll tell. I'll tell her what it is. Um, but it's just That's amazing. Cool. And I see the engagement of women on this thing. And, and so there's different things. So I have like a whole thing like I'll do. Um, I have like my local consignment or, you know, store. So I'll send stuff over to there. And then what they don't take, I send a thread up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. And then my super good stuff I'll sell on Poshmark. Oh, All yeah. right. Well, now we know. Thank you for That's a great tip. I love that. feeding our habit here. That's awesome. And we'll make sure we link these all up on our podcast page on coolmompicks.com. So as always, you can find all of our cool picks of the week and any other links that you heard about here today. And Liz, what do you have? Okay, I'm going to go nerdy today. Oh, data nerd maybe? A little data nerd situation? spelling nerd. So I got totally obsessed last week (laughs) with the National Spelling Bee. (laughs) Did you guys watch any of it? I I did. Did you see those kids start to dab when they got the... Amazing. Oh, like the victory what? dance. So great. Amazing. And there was one kid who was six years old, the youngest kid ever to make it to the competition. I'm like looking at my kids like, what have you guys done lately? <laughs> so um, I actually did a whole post Spell about it. Fail. And um, there's tons of resources if you guys are interested and want to learn more. But if you just go to the website spellingbee.com, there's so much cool stuff if you're a word nerd like me. There are sample oh, spelling tests that you can take to see if you would even qualify to get in, which I'm sure I would not. Even Ooh, that's kind of fun. Yeah, you can sign your kids up for a word club to get them excited about new vocabulary words each day. There is a spelling bee word study list that I know actually my youngest daughter would love. Um, you can even look at the list of the winning spelling bee words going back to 1925, which is amazing because back then I actually heard of the words. <laughs> like fracas. Right? Fracas. Wow. Like, oh, it was a fracas. Or knack. That was a fracas. Like, I've got a knack. For oh, man. I could have killed in 1912. No kidding. <laughs> and then you get to 2003 and it's like, and Tindy. I don't even know. Please use that in please use that in a sentence. Or something. I'm not kidding. I can't even read. I feel like I just want a podcast of you reading the spelling bee words. And then we could like see how fast our listeners drop. So anyway, that's my cool pick of the week is spellingbee.com. So nerdy, so fun. And by the way, 
Uh, if you're really into it, watch the documentary Spellbound, which is amazing. It's like the real-life version of Aquila and the Bee, and it's terrific. Awesome. Well, I'm going to bring the collective IQ down about <laughs> about 1,500 notches <laughs> with my pick. No, it's, it's that's not true. But I'm going with a beauty product because uh, I this is my new obsession. It's Rita Hazan's Root Concealer. And I don't know if you need this, Jenna. You don't have to admit it on the, on live on the air. But I'm going gray. Just turned 40, and I could pretty much be completely gray here if I let my hair grow out. I started going um, gray in my mid-20s during Darman uh, and Greg, so I understand. What? Okay, see, thank you. So I, I vacillate between, like, gray is hip, but then all the 20-somethings are doing the gray hair when they don't really need to, so I don't know if I could pull it off, and then I'm like, I want to dye my hair. Anyway, this is a root concealer, and it works if you just need, like, an extra week or two before you get your hair dyed, and you just spray it on, and it's waterproof, so it it totally works. And does I've it been match using... your actual hair color? Well, I'm yeah, I'm not buying blonde. <laughs> Kristen, well, you have blonde a roots. There's a lot of browns out there. I'm just saying. Yes, yes. So yeah, I totally it totally matches my hair perfectly. The only thing is, you just don't want to like touch it with your hands. And Liz, it wouldn't work for you because well, not that you need it, but I like to wear my we like to wear our sunglasses up on top of our head. And then I realized that I had the, the concealer on and my face was <laughs> turning brown. <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of reasons. Okay, thank you for it that was, warning. That's right. <laughs> so that's the only warning I have is don't wear your sunglasses on top of your head. But anyway, that's my pick of the week. And where Rita can you Hazan. find it? Oh, it's at Amazon. It's at Sephora. I'm going to write it up on Cool Mom Picks uh, so you can find it. But the full review with all the warnings in, uh, there <laughs> in, in the next week or so. So anyway, there you go. That's a good one. That's awesome. All right. Well, listen. Do I get? Do yes, I get one? Oh do I get God. a cool pick? We would what? love a it. A fourth one. This is this is new for us. This we is are unprecedented. Let's break the wall here. Here's what it is. There is an incredible article in the L.A. Times on surfing legend Laird Hamilton on his 10-point plan to live forever, and it's one of the greatest articles I've ever read. It, it's so inspiring. I read it yesterday, and I can't get it out of my head. It is so rad. L.A. Times article on Laird okay. Hamilton, his 10-point plan to live forever, He's that and it will inspire icon. you utterly on diet, on life, on keeping your body young forever and how that's a state of mind. Can you tease it? Can you give us one of the things? Yeah, he has it right in front of me. I got it right, right Tell in front us of one me. thing. One thing. Well, the thing that blew my mind is he says his, uh, his sort of mentality is to treat your body like a machine and just keep it running. You got to run it continuously. He gives this analogy of like keep driving the car. Right. So instead of like, oh, we're getting older and then you just agree that like things happen to your body as you age. He's like, no, then you're stopping driving the car. Keep driving the car. And so he's talking about that approach Interesting. to activity, being active, being healthy. And he goes into very specific things on how to keep driving the car. But just that as a senior concept was super. I just thought that was a great view. I really relate to that because just last week, my entire AC was busted because I live in New York <laughs> City where we drive the car only on weekends. And I was told literally because I do not drive the car enough some creature, another probably ate through some wires, and now we have to oh, no. fix the In car. your case, it's keep driving analogy. the taxi. Keep driving the taxi <laughs> on the subway. Keep taking an Uber. Keep getting is on that this subway. This is good for life. This is good for literally your car. It's also good for relationships, too, if you know what I'm saying. You got to keep driving the car. Yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> Ooh, this yeah. is what great. I keep telling my wife twice a week. Keep take, scrolling. <laughs> at least take the car out for a little ride twice a week or the tires go flat. <laughs> Well, on that note, thanks for joining us, everyone, for another episode of Spawned. We are so glad to have Jenna and Bodie here. And, uh, of course, we have to say huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen, and so much for your reviews. Right, Liz? Everyone's been leaving us nice reviews on iTunes lately. We like nice reviews on iTunes. And I'm sure that Jenna and Bodie like nice reviews on iTunes, too. So listen to their podcast. We do, and we love you guys. <laughs> Absolutely love you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. You guys oh, are amazing. You're so nice. so it's mutual. Thanks so much. And, and everyone, thank you for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.